So I've continued southwest from the British Museum and I'm now sat or standing outside the gardens in Soho Square sort of enjoying the sunshine. Um, well, I definitely encourage you all to make the most of the squares, gardens and parks found throughout London. That's the only, not the only reason that I've, I've chosen to stop here. What really interests me is a, a, a church on the, the east side of the square, St. Patrick's Catholic Church, which unfortunately is currently shielded in scaffolding as they're doing some renovations. But it's a, a late 18th century church which was founded specifically to serve the sort of poor Irish community who lived here then. And it's actually the first um, church in England to be dedicated to St. Patrick following the, the Reformation. But most importantly for me is that it also houses a shrine to the Virgen de Guadalupe, where her iconic image is situated in a side chapel behind the baptismal font. So you may well already know the story of the Virgen de Guadalupe, but just in case, in 1531, the Virgin Mary, Mother of Jesus for Christians, appeared to Juan Diego, a humble indigenous man in convert to Christianity. The appearance occurred at a site called Topillac, which had previously been associated with devotion to Tonantzin, an Aztec goddess. And the first miracle associated with Guadalupe occurred during these encounters, with the Virgin's likeness appearing on Juan Diego's cloak, or tilma, which is now housed in the Basilica in Mexico City, and which provides the image on which the St. Patrick's reproduction is based. The picture here in London, however, is more than a mere image for faithful Catholics. It has in fact been touched by the original tilma, which converts the image itself into a contact relic. As Derek Kruger explains, within Catholic belief, matter gains holiness through contact with other holy matter, through a process that he denominates sacred contagion. So while the altar is obviously incredibly important for Catholics then, it also has to be remembered that the Virgen de Guadalupe is one of the most important figures in Latin America following the Spanish conquest. For many, Guadalupe is aligned with the marginalized, the lowly and the rejected, and is the eternal loving mother who provides the ultimate consolation. Indeed, the Mexican Nobel laureate Octavio Paz famously argued that Mexican culture is defined by the, co defined by the contrast between two poles, the Virgen de Guadalupe on one side and the other occupied by La Malinche, a native Nahua woman who was taken by the conquistador Hernán Cortés as concubine and translator as he conquered the territory. As Paz explains, La Malinche is a lamentably ambivalent figure. She's remembered both as a betrayed and violated mother and as the betrayer of the Mexican people who helped deliver them to Cortés. So in these two figures then we find overlapping, conflicting and interpenetrating indigenous and colonial belief systems that for theorists such as Paz create the very essence of contemporary Latin American culture. And maybe that argument is borne out by the simple fact that so many contemporary artists continue to engage with the image of Guadalupe and all she represents. 
So take, for example, a series of works created by the artist Yolanda Lopez, in which she painted portraits of herself, her mother and grandmother as the Virgen, Virgen de Guadalupe. And these beautiful paintings question and challenge traditional gender roles and values by attempting to sanctify the everyday lives of Mexican women. They really are quite extraordinary. So while Catholicism was, of course, a colonial imposition, it's also become a hugely important component of daily life for millions of Latin Americans and a key way in which they understand their identities and their place in the world. And that kind of ambivalence is perhaps most clearly seen in the sort of syncretic religious practices of the Afro-Cuban and Afro-Brazilian populations, Santeria and Candomblé, which are sort of new hybrid religious formations which couple traditional African deities with the Catholic saints. Here too, though, there are debates um, as to whether the enslaved Africans brought to the Americas actually fully converted to Catholicism, or if, they, if, if it was rather that they found in syncretic practices a means of continuing their own religious beliefs and practices while escaping the unwanted attention of their Catholic oppressors. But while there's no question that Catholicism was an essential element of the colonization of Latin America, sitting here as I am, sort of looking at St. Patrick's Church in London, it sort of reminds me that there are, of course, multiple overlapping forms of colonialism, and that these two have very different perceptions of Catholicism, for example. We can't really forget Britain's colonization of Ireland, nor the post-Reformation anti-Catholicism that was bound up with perceptions of the Irish people. And these sort of drifting thoughts bring to my mind the fact that there are particularly large St. Patrick's Day celebrations in Mexico City. Um, that might seem a little surprising or maybe unexpected, but part of the reason is that it becomes an occasion to commemorate the martyrs of the St. Patrick's Battalion, um, who were Irish men enlisted in the US Army, but who switched sides during the Mexican-American War of 1846-1848, following the annexation of Texas. It would seem that, in this instance, anti-Catholic religious intolerance was an important factor contributing to the defection. Um, and despite being defeated in battle, these men are revered in Mexico, maybe precisely because, following their defeat, some 50 or so were captured and then executed by the US on the grounds of desertion. And all of these thoughts sort of come back to me as I sit in the garden and think about the shrine to the Virgen de Guadalupe, and it just becomes another living reminder that colonialism is multifaceted and plural, and it is intimately connected with the discourses that shape our lives and situate us within the world, and that sort of long outlives the, the colonial encounter or even the political process of decolonization.